0: Generally speaking, Halloween wasn't Sarah's favorite holiday. She didn't like being scared, so she tried to avoid the ghouls and the goblins and the scary monsters, and she just wasn't interested in haunted houses. As a little girl, dressing up always frustrated her because where she grew up, it nearly always rained on Halloween. And if it didn't rain, then it was freezing cold. Her princess costume wasn't as regal, soaked through. And her cute little animal disguises were disguised themselves under a heavy winter coat. The scary monsters and black cats and full moons were tolerated because she did enjoy the pillowcase half-filled with the spoils of the evening. In just a couple of hours of work, she would stock up on candy and sweets that would last nearly a week. One of little Sarah's favorite parts of Halloween was the evening spent carving the family jack-o'-lanterns. She loved holding her pumpkin and feeling the ridges move under her fingers as she spun it in front of her, searching for the prime real estate to carve her spot. Once she found the perfect spot, she'd grab the marker and begin drawing her jack-o'-lantern's face. A circle here and a circle there for the eyes, a triangle for the nose, and below that a crescent moon-shaped smile. Satisfied with the placement of the face, it was time to cut the lid into the top of the pumpkin. The anticipation of revealing the insides of the pumpkin was too much, and once the lid was off, she plunged her hands into the pumpkin, into the cold and sticky and wet and stringy and gooey ickiness and started removing all of its insides until it was a cavernous shell of a pumpkin. Once the nasty insides had been removed, she set about carving out the face. She wasn't very good or talented at this, and while the marker lines were clear and visible, her knife was never as easy to handle, and so the eyes were never the same size or shape. Sometimes one was higher or lower than the other. The triangle nose, while technically still a triangle, vaguely resembled one. And the mouth usually ended up too wide or too low. And her jack-o'-lantern seemed always to end up with a smirk on its face because one side of that smile was a little taller than the other side. But none of that mattered. None of it mattered to Sarah because her favoriteest part of Halloween was the moment the little flame from the candle lit up the orangish-yellowish inside of her pumpkin so that she could really see. She could really see what she had created. The light inside her pumpkin would shine through and her lopsided, wild-eyed, smirking pumpkin would come to life. And she knew that on Halloween, sitting in the dark on that rainy or cold evening, her jack-o'-lantern, the jack-o'-lantern that she had carved with her own hands, would offer a safe path for all the other little trick-or-treaters coming down her way. This morning's sermon text is familiar, and they're especially comforting to hear these days. Rising COVID-19 patients and pandemic fatigue, the tragic and devastating aftermath of fires and storms, negative election ads and election season fatigue, hate-filled racism, and the ensuing civil unrest that pops up in unexpected ways and places, personal health crises, all of this has taken its toll on us. Our hearts and minds, our spirits, are heavy and anxious, and it feels like we sure could use some good news to lift our spirits, doesn't it? So here is the good news, which in Greek is pronounced gospel. That is the word for good news, and Matthew five fourteen through 16 offers that for us this morning. You are the light of the world, a city built on a hill, cannot be hid no one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket but on the lampstand and it gives light to all in the house in the same way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven and may God add God's blessings to the reading this morning would you pray with me Holy and gracious and mighty and wonderful God, we come to you this morning, listening with our ears and our hearts to the gospel. May we find the good news in it. God, we pray that the stumbling blocks in our hearts would be removed and the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth would be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. All of this we pray in Jesus Christ's name and all God's people say, amen. Amen. Historically, at least until the modern invention of electricity and light bulbs, when night fell, the world was in darkness. Beyond the light cast from a fire or a torch, most people couldn't really function very well if they needed to be out in the dark. If you've ever found yourself without electricity at night, maybe this morning, then you understand this sensation of knocking around. You've had the experience of groping to find your way safely to where you needed to be. And luckily, you have your hands out in front of you because your hands would hit the wall first instead of your head. That's what it was like for a long, long time, groping in the darkness. A candle with its single flame perched on the lampstand was glorious. It offered safety and orientation. It was heartwarming and satisfying. It was comforting. In these ancient days, it was common for lampstands to be built with a tall, flat top so that when the candle or oil lamp was placed on them, that single flame of light would break into more of the darkness. A flame close to the ground only casts a narrow light. Up high, though, that same single flame could light up an entire room. Jesus knew the importance of light, and so he drew on this notion of light as he taught his disciples. As Jesus used the term light, he wasn't just referring to this aspect of casting light into the world so that others could see whatever they wished to see. For Jesus, light was more than just a way to see your way up the driveway or to safely navigate the roads at night. Light, as a simple, helpful aid in safety, certainly would have been important for Jesus and the disciples and then the Christians. However, Jesus also used light so others might witness the acts of justice and mercy that Jesus' disciples and followers were to perform. Light allowed others the possibility to see Christians live out their Christianity in the world. Making Christianity come alive for those living in the darkness allowed them to see a different way of living. In the darkness of hatred, the light you and I shine must show love. In the darkness of all this neg- negativity, the light you and I show must be positive. Where there is the darkness of racism, we have to shine light on equity and equality and dignity and mutual respect. In the darkness that comes with illness and hunger, you and I must bring a light that offers comfort and support and the essentialness of simply bringing food. When isolation pulls folks into deep darkness, there you and I must be to help them find the light of community and of belonging. And so this year, since Halloween has just ended and the jack-o'-lanterns have gone dark for another year, I want each of us to become christ a lanterns I want each of us to think about ourselves having been carved into the person that Jesus Christ wants and needs us to be in this place and in the world. Settle yourselves down and just let Christ plunge his hands inside you and let him pull out all the nasty, slimy, stringy darkness. Be still and just let Christ carve away all the areas in your life you don't need Because once the light shines from within, those areas can only cast a shadow. Embrace Christ becoming the light that flickers within you, so that you not only offer a safe way to navigate in the darkness, but perhaps more importantly, you can shed light on the areas that need help. As christ lanterns you can become who Jesus Christ has shaped you to be, each uniquely handcrafted with special gifts and talents, with lopsided eyes and triangles that aren't triangles and smirks on your face, to make your place in the world a little better off. As christ lanterns we have the opportunity and responsibility to expose the world's sore spots. And then do something about it. We must do something about those sore spots because the light of Christ asks us to do something about them. And the good news is that Jesus Christ has intended and intends us, each of us, to be a light in the darkness for those who are not. And when we find ourselves in those moments of darkness, isn't it good news to know that there's somebody sitting next to you that can help? Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, we thank you for the flickering light of Jesus Christ that resides inside each of us. And we pray, God, that we might simply step out of the way and let Christ do the work of shaping us, of molding us, of creating us to be all that Jesus Christ needs us to be so that all of the nastiness and all of the shadows can be removed and that we might be bright, that we might be like a lamp set on a lampstand. All of this we pray in Jesus Christ's name and all God's people say.